to Inside the Phillies podcast. I'm Kay Kistner here with Lauren Amore and Alex Carr. We all hope that you had a very refreshing and relaxing 4th of July weekend. How are you guys and gal? <laughs> a great start. Lauren, how are you? Um, I'm feeling pretty good after last night's game. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those games that's one of those games it was funny I was talking to my girlfriend and um you know she's not really a baseball you know watcher and I was just like man this is a game where it's it's fun to watch to a certain point and then it just gets boring and she's like what do you mean all baseball games are boring so that was cool wow um, but no yeah <laughs> but no it was true like you know I never know what to say to people when they say that to me I'm oh, like man. okay I know I, it's okay. not boring yeah. to me <laughs> exactly. But no, seriously, that game did get boring after a while. Cause it's like, okay, like, what are we, you know, what are we doing here? You know, I mean, the nationals, you know, were absolutely toothless without Sogo and Cruz. And it just, it was fun to watch the home runs and, you know, guys like Cassianos and Ramuto getting in on it. And obviously Schwarber and it was, it was a fun game. And then finally it's like, all right, let's, this slaughter fest needs to come to an end so I can go to bed. Yeah, it's less boring for me and more I just kind of start feeling bad. Like, I start, like, the poor Nationals, man. I can't imagine what it's like to be on that team because the offense, like, going into the year didn't look that bad. I mean, yeah, they're starting Alcides Escobar, but, like, it, it with Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz, at least that's, like, a duo you can root for. Josh Bell is having a career year. Like, good for them, but that pitching is just – you have – you can't have any faith in it. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. I don't think it's boring, but I do get, I'm like, okay, we got to save some <laughs> runs for Nola tonight because we never give him run support anyway. So honestly, whenever the Phillies like pile on runs all into one game, it's like, I almost expect them the next day to score, like either get shut out or score like one run. So that's the only it's the only uh, qualm that I have with it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just thought that it was it was a good showing from a lot of guys last night. Definitely, um, and you know what, that marked uh, now Rob Thompson is twenty one and nine as the twenty two, twenty two and nine as the. But firing Girardi would not do. Anything it won't solve anything. You guys. It will no, not help them. Won't solve yeah. a thing. And Kyle Schwarber was a bust. You know. Oh, and, dude. Uh, yeah, in May he was just. Why, why are the Phillies even sign them? And know? I regret the Nick Castellanos signing so much. <laughs> it's oh, not, it's he's not such a like bad he'll, hitter. he'll get any better. Uh, no, but I mean, I mean, seriously, like what, what was it last weekend? The sky was falling when the Phillies, or I guess earlier this past week, the sky was falling whenever, uh, you know, the Phillies dropped two out of three against the, you know, divisional rivals, the Braves. Um, but then they came back and they, they won it an electric series against the Cardinals that was a really fun series to watch and I'll be honest I know I feel like a lot of Phillies fans and when do Philly fans ever jump the gun on anything but um never (laughs) never (laughs) but honestly when Bryce got hurt and obviously losing Bryce Harper is a very very big deal and a big loss but I didn't feel as hopeless as I felt like some other people seemed um, and even when they dropped, you know, two of the games to the Braves, I didn't feel that sense of like, oh my God, we're doomed. Like the rest of the season is going to be awful. Um, ever since, I mean, you know, the Girardi firing and, you know, they had the nine game win streak and all of that. I mean, 
I feel like they just look like a different team and they feel different. Like I feel differently. Like I feel better when I watch them now. I don't feel this like impending sense of doom when I'm watching them. And I think it also could be because Thompson is just better at managing the bullpen than Girardi was. Yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of things that go into, go into like what Joe Girardi didn't do right. And what Rob Thompson is, I think it's just like Rob Thompson is doing things right. And more that Rob Thompson is just doing things. Obviously like, I feel like Joe Girardi was just trying to push random buttons and like be smart in air quotes and Rob Thompson is just doing what and the any... players just they like they like they, playing for him more. They like him yeah. better. It's and very that makes clear. such a huge difference. And now... I almost yeah, I almost wrote something about like how the Phillies neglected their team chemistry because they, you know, they they lost Andrew McCutcheon and they lost Hector Neris and they lost all these really important clubhouse leaders. And I almost wrote something about that. But I think the only problem was gaining Girardi. I think that was probably it. I think that's what was throwing off the honestly the, the, the vibes in like the beginning of the 2019 season were great. Like <laughs> before McCutcheon got hurt, yeah. like I thought <sighs> I thought they were good. Everything was going great. Like when you I remember during like a rain delay last year, they played the 2019 video yearbook. And before McCutcheon got hurt, I was oh, they like, did not, did they really? <laughs> yeah. And I just was too lazy to change the channel. So I was like, I guess I'll watch this. That's and how I was good like, things were going. The 2019 then. team was kind of fun at first. That's well, funny. Lauren, you, you mentioned that like you didn't feel this impending sense of doom, right? When <laughs> yes. Harper went out, but you know, that's another thing we've talked about this before, whether it's, you know, the Astros or the Dodgers or, you know, even the Padres, right? When, when good teams that are contenders, right? When they lose guys, big, you know, big name stars, right? There's always someone that is going to step up. And I feel like losing Harper this season is, it's a massive blow, but it's not as big as it would have been last year because yeah, you agreed. have guys like Schwarber, right? You have guys like Nick Castellanos that are new to the team that have been injected in this offense. You still have guys like Reese Hoskins and JT Ramuto. And even when Ranger Suarez, you know, is on the IL and Zach Eflin is on the IL, all of a sudden you have a guy like Christopher Sanchez who steps up, albeit against, you know, a 4A team, right? But <laughs> still steps up. Yeah, it was a... Yeah, and still steps up, right, and, you know, is able to go in there and produce. And that is a that is a hallmark of a team that can contend. Yeah, and look, this has been, like, the, the theme of the year so far. I mean, the young guys that have come through and really stepped up. Look, you, you can point to Mickey Moniak not stepping up, sure. You can point to, I don't know, if you want to point to Bailey Falter's three earned runs in four innings, you know, against the Cardinals, sure, you can you can point that direction too. But, like, look at the young guys that have stepped up. Bryson Stott has been great defensively. Matt Veerling taking a huge step mm-hmm. forward. Derek yep. Hall is hitting cleanup for this MFing team, right? right. Like, you know, <clears throat> all these things that you wouldn't necessarily expect from the, air quotes, Phillies farm system, which apparently sucks. But – now we kind of look at we kind of look at these things and these young guys continue to step up. I mean, Matt Veerling should be in the lineup every single day for this team. Derek Hall has like kind of set his stakes down in the DH spot against right-handed uh, pitchers. So, I mean, 
it's pretty cool to see, in my opinion. I think that, uh, I think that, yeah, we've seen Real Muto and we've seen some of Castellanos start to kind of step up, but I think the young guys deserve a huge clap on the back for, you know, just how awesome they've been all year. Absolutely. It's been really cool to watch. And I'm not sure what the exact number was, but it was something, you know, it's during the Cardinals series where the uh, seven through nine hitters for the Phillies were hitting like 380 or something. And it was like, it was close to like 410 with runners in scoring position and had like eight RBIs. I mean, that type of production that, you know, is is what is needed for a team to compete. And like you said, that's all pretty much being done by the young guys. A stat that always sticks in my mind that I don't remember the exact number, but obviously Bryce Harper in the second half last year was insane. And Reese Hoskins went down. So he didn't really have a lot of support in that lineup. I remember the stat being like Bryce Harper had, you know, an insane, uh, OPS over a thousand and then the rest of the lineup had like a 680 OPS or something like that and it's like you know you can't have it all be on one person and I feel like that's kind of what we're emphasizing now is like you're having young guys step up and you know again that's something not to pin everything on Girardi right now but like you know he didn't give young guys that much of an opportunity mm-hmm. um <laughs> So I just feel like they're utilizing things that they weren't utilizing last year. And obviously, as you mentioned, Cade, like having Schwarber and Castellanos in that lineup really gives it the boost that it didn't have last year. Well, what I also think, I put out a tweet about this last night. Something that I think is really interesting is that when Harper was healthy, you know, the offense was still kind of near the top of the league, right? But at the same time, you had guys like Castellanos who weren't producing at the level that they were kind of expected to even Schwarber, you know, he had a great June, but that's also about the time, you know, Harper kind of started to have, you know, his elbow issue and then the broken thumb. And now these young guys are stepping up and I put this tweet out and I was like, this iteration of the Phillies offense has been very good since Harper has gone down with his thumb injury. And I can't help but think that, what if Harper was in the lineup right now when everyone else is firing on all cylinders? It would just be incredible. And that's what could make this team incredibly dangerous down the stretch. Yeah. And I feel like we also don't put a lot of stock into like, what about when Gene Segura gets back? Like right, right. Gene Segura, Bryce Harper, both I on the miss, list. I miss Gene so Me much. Too. Um, but like, just, but imagine that. And then imagine like, you know, obviously some guys are going to take steps back, but like, what guys are there to take steps back other than like Kyle Schwarber and maybe Reese Hoskins? Like Reese has been since that really tough skid that he had in, what was that? Like early, early, early yeah. Late May, early June. Yeah. 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 Um, like all of April too. Yeah. And he was bad in April, (laughs) Yeah, but in since that tough skid, you know, he's been really dependable. Um, and, and, you know, Schwarber has just since the start of June been unbelievable. Um, but it's really interesting. Like when you get Bryce Harper and Gene Segura back, what does this like turn into? Does it, does it, you know, do, do these guys stay consistent and stay, you know, more true to the back of their baseball cards, air quotes, or do they, you know, do they regress with the reintroduction of these guys? Who's to say, but like, I don't know. I feel, I, I feel pretty good about it. I think they look pretty good. 
I think we also need to give a lot of credit to the bullpen. Yes, ma'am. They've mm-hmm. been amazing as of late. Um, and is a big reason why the, the Phillies have been so successful recently. Yeah, true. Um, and speaking of regression, I'm scared for that regression that is inevitably coming from them. Oh no, um, Jarese Familia is going to step back. That's hey, hey, hey. He he's had a actually one, two, three inning last year. Yeah, night. he's been he's been a little better. Hey, That's a huge accomplishment. All right, you take what you can get no with him. Me. You know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you right there, Lauren. I mean, I remember I like looked at Andrew Bellotti's like numbers on the year. Maybe like I put out a tweet about it that morning, but I I just looked at it for funsies, and I was like. <laughs> The guy leads the the team, all pitchers of the Phillies in strikeout percentage. Absolutely wild. Like, where did that come from? First things first. Second of all, they've been good without Connor Brogdon, who's like one of my favorite pitchers in the bullpen. Like That's they have point. they yeah. have been huge. Um, I mean, Canable threw that disgusting curve to Arenado. Um, <laughs> just like There have been uh, Jose Alvarado throwing his cutter more. I mean, it feels like this is, but it feels like this has been the progression of like what they've been trying to do, right? Like they've been trying to help Jose Alvarado find his command. They've been trying to, uh, you know, turn guys like Andrew Bellotti into like actual pieces. They've been trying to make Corey Knable more of a lockdown closure ish type. And now mid season, it's kind of starting to click and you got to wonder if that's, gonna stick I think having a new guy out there like Mark Appel and he has so much to give not just like in his game but just who he is as a person yeah. he seems like a great genuine person so I feel like having his presence out there too and then having that great story of you know him finally making his debut and having a scoreless inning and he's been great so far and every time he's on the mound I just I I'm happy because I I'm so happy for him that he's doing he's doing well and he made it you know so I feel like that also kind of gave I feel like that kind of gave the bullpen like a little bit of like a mental boost as well and I keep thinking about like when I talked to Mark like I keep thinking about what he said when he was like if I blow a save like oh well I was on my couch two years ago like you know (laughs) like I he's so like he loves the game so much and he's doing this specifically because he loves the game. And I, I admire him so much for that, but also like, it's so apparent in everything that he does. Like every time he enters, he's, you know, he's not one of those guys. That's like, I'm going to kill the person in the batter's box. He's one of those guys where he's like, Oh, I'm on a major league pitching mound. You know, like (laughs) it's, it's so cool to watch him succeed. It really is. And I, I, I think he deserves it more than, pretty much anybody and he's killing it you're right he pitched too too clean yesterday which works for me (laughs) obviously the phillies have two more games i think against the nationals here right thank Um, god yeah right they've got cap they've got capitalized on it i mean it really could not have come at a better time considering now they are they're tied for the third wild card spot with the cardinals exactly and and then you know, ding, ding, ding. They've got the Cardinals for a four-game set in St. Louis. At St. Louis, uh, you know, coming up right after that. Uh, so it's going to be incredibly important to make sure that you take full advantage of these next two games against the Nationals because not only, you know, are they going to be traveling to St. Louis and playing on the road, but you've got to contend with guys like 
Nolan Aranaga, who apparently just loves to feast on Philly's pitching, and then uh, and join the long list. Yeah, and then truly, Paul, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt <laughs> as well. And oh, so, he's so ridiculous. He watching is. watching him in that Cardinals series was like, you can't pitch him anywhere, no. anywhere. He's gonna hit it. It's yeah. like, it's crazy. And I'm He's still surprised really that they pitched uh, Nolan Arenado in the ninth inning of the game they lost. I mean, <sighs> I mean, come on, he hit the he hit for the cycle the day before. He'd already hit a home run. But here's day. the thing. Here's the thing about that Cardinals game was so well within reach, and they didn't capitalize, but like it was well within reach. And so were the two games that they dropped against the Braves. Yeah, okay. both of them. Like they've been playing really well, and they've just been losing because they haven't managed to capitalize in certain situations. But like. All of those games were winnable. They could be on a, what, seven-game win streak at this point, and I, I, I would not have been surprised because they've played really good baseball. This is honestly a perfect example of me feeling differently about the team is in that game. I feel like if it was a few months ago and Kyle Gibson gave up four straight home runs, like the Phillies of old, I guess, they would have just – I feel like they just would have laid down the rest of the game and – there would have been no feeling of like, hey, we could still win this. It's only the first inning. There's a ton of baseball left, which that game was like four hours, which was insane. That game was wild. It was crazy. But I mean, like you said, it was they were well within reach of winning that game. And I mean, Sir Anthony's been great all year. He gives up the home run to Arenado. I mean, it's really what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good hitter beats good pitcher. Like yeah. that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. So it's just like, one of those things, but can't even be mad about it. You know, no, you that's really kind of what I thought. I was like, you know what? Dang. Like that is one of the hottest hitters right now. And Sir Anthony Dominguez is as good as he is. I mean, you get beat sometimes that's yeah. the game. Right. So, and of course they went immediately cold when they, when they went to Atlanta, by the way, just right. a great, great timing. Awesome. Yeah. Timing. yeah. I will never root for the Braves, but Thanks for the help. Yeah. I'll <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the wild card. <laughs> sort of. You know, but seriously, I mean, and that's what I find funny is, you know, I was, I didn't get into it with a guy, but he was, he was kind of chirping. I had mentioned something on social media about how, you know, the Phillies were getting close to a wild card spot. And this guy's like, have we already given up on the division halfway through the season? Well, no, Homer, we haven't. <laughs> but at the same time, like when you're within striking distance of, taking over a postseason spot at the halfway point ahead of the trade deadline. You would like to highlight that. <laughs> you would like to highlight that. And yes. everyone is going to. It's not that we're giving up on the division, right? But at the same time, you kind of have to hedge your bets a little bit. You know, that's what the Phillies front office is going to be looking at when it comes time to giving up resources and in, in prospects to add to the team to make a postseason push. And all you have to do is make it there. Right. And that's the goal. And so, of course, we're going to highlight that the Phillies are in a position to do that when they haven't made the postseason in 11 years. And so that's what frustrates me is when people are like we've already given up on the division. No, not necessarily. Just have the eye, you know, have your eye on the postseason. Right. That's the goal. Winning the division to me would be the Mets not winning the division. <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh, or, that would be just as uh, satisfying to me, I think. Um, I mean, seeing honestly, their division lead dwindle has been uh, yeah. bringing me joy. Yeah, it's good <laughs> schadenfreude, but like at the same time, I look at, I look at the Mets and I'm like, okay, well, 
if you're going to put all your chips in the middle, I mean, personally, I'm terrified of them trading for Trey Mancini, which just seems to be all the buzz right now is like, I'm kind of terrified of that because he's pretty good. Um, But at the same time, like, you know, they are going to be dishing out significant resources just as the Phillies are, I'm sure. But the Mets also have a really old roster. Um, and that makes me really interested in seeing like where they, like how far they go, you know, the Braves, it's really interesting too. Cause they, I mean, and look, not one to judge based farm system strength based on, you know, top 100 prospects amounts, but like Michael Harris is the Braves only true, like top 100 prospect, at least in, in pipelines, new revised list. And I mean, does that mean that they will be precluded from making significant upgrades at the deadline? Probably not, but they're going to have to be careful with their resources. That is for certain. So it's interesting. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting um, trade deadline just around the NL East. Yeah, it will definitely be, it's going to be a race. And I think you're, I really do think that there's going to be three playoff teams that come from the NL East. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun and we'll see what happens. But all right, guys, so, you know, this is going to be a little bit short of a podcast today. Not only is it just the three of us, you know, but coming off the holiday weekend um, and we're kind of doing this at a weird time. So I want to start to kind of wrap things up a little bit and give a couple shout outs to some Phillies that really deserve it. Something that we do every week. So real quick, Lauren, give me your Philly of the week. I know I already talked about him, but I'm going to say that it's Mark Appel. Oh, <laughs> Um, this is hard. This is a hard decision, but I think I'm going to have to go with Kyle Schwarber just because turn of the calendar didn't affect him very much. And, uh, he's just, he's absurd. He's absurd. I can't believe they pitched to him twice yesterday with, uh, Paolo Espino. They were just like, oh, yeah. here you go. Yellow. Like Yellow. <laughs> take, take an 86 mile an hour fastball. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Nationals uh, Twitter account was uh, pretty funny. Uh, that was really funny. That. that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, you know, when you don't have anything else, you know, at least have a sense of humor, right? So, what about you, Kate? Who's yours? Um, well, you know, I think Kyle Schwarber is a good answer. It's an obvious answer. I like Mark Appel and what he's done and coming up. Um, and you look at the guys that have kind of stepped up in Harper's absence. But what I will say is, over the last, you know seven to eight games uh somebody that i've been really happy to see play well is nick cassianos yeah um yeah and you know he may not be the guy right now that is you know putting the team on his back and and that type of thing but it's nice seeing him get on base you know get some hits uh kind of start to look like himself again because the rest will come and we've talked about how he's gonna have to you know progress back to the mean right and over the last, um, you know, seven to eight games, right, he has done that. And that has been really refreshing and really encouraging to see. And for that, he is my Philly of the week. All right, guys. So that's it for us today. Thank you for tuning in to Inside the Phillies with Lauren Amor, Alex Carr, and myself, Kay Kistner. We will see you all next week. Go Phils.